It's time for another edition of Dome and Domer, the only podcast for Notre Dame fans by Notre Dame fans. If you're looking for cogent analysis and unbiased opinions backed by careful reporting, you've come to the wrong place. For the next 20 minutes or so, you'll get a fan's perspective on the Fighting Irish without all the normal spin from the so-called professional analysts. It's Dome and Domer. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Brammer and Ed Jordanic. Hello, Irish fans, and welcome to another edition of Dome and Domer. My name is Mike Brammer. Joining me, as always, Ed Jordanic. Also joining us from ndnation.com, Mike Coffey. Coffey, I'll start with you. I, I, I mean, there's a lot of things about this game, but I think one of the first questions is, is there really much that we're going to take away from this in terms of whether or not Marcus Freeman walks away with a W or not? I would certainly, I mean, well, duh, we all hope that he does. But I think what's more going to be more interesting to me, and I don't think it is going to encompass all of the potential differences we're going to see, but I'll be interested to see how different things look with Marcus Freeman running things than Brian Kelly running things. Now, granted, he's going to have some limitations. He won't have an actual defensive coordinator. So this may be a little bit of a challenge for him, what I'm sure he can meet. But I, I'm really interested to see what looks different. What What is the Marcus Freeman era going to be? And how is it going to be different from what we've seen the last 12 years? I mean, I imagine we're going to see him, some differences. So I'm that's really what I'm looking forward to. I really want the win, if only to break this ridiculous uh, New Year's Bowl streak. And like, if, if you would have told me that I would have been practically a student the last time we won a New Year's Six Bowl, I would have said you were nuts. But apparently that's how things go now. So I, I want the win to break the streak. But much more importantly, I want to see uh, at least the, the beginnings of the stamp that Marcus Freeman is going to put on this program. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I, you know, Ed, I, I think uh, there were some comments uh, posted actually to our site. <laughs> um, but anyways, you know, people look at this situation and since Holt, we, we had four hires that didn't turn out real well. And, um, you know, two of them, one of them was Bob Davey, obviously being promoted from defensive coordinator. So you got that bad taste in your mouth. Uh, you know, I don't, we're not going to really know until we see Marcus Freeman, but I, I don't get the sense at all that it's anywhere near a similar situation as that. Um, I could be wrong, but I mean, what are your thoughts on uh, number one, that issue of good move, bad move. Now that we've had, you know, four weeks to digest this in terms of his elevation of the coach. I know we talked about it on last time, but I mean, I, my my fear is that the game doesn't turn out the way that Notre Dame fans want, and all of a sudden everybody's going to, like, Monday morning quarterback and second-guess it. Do you think there's any worry of that at all? You know, I don't think so. I mean, I think, you know, the record's pretty clear that these these bowl games are are not very good predictors of what happens in the next season or the season after. Uh, you know, they're, 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 uh, they're these... Uh, they're these very skewed exhibitions with all these different dynamics that are very different from kind of going into a, a regular season in terms of coaching changes and personnel changes. And, uh, you know, and this year you lay COVID on top of that and, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that, um, sort of is in the mix, um, that is a little bit different. So I'm not, I don't think we'll learn a lot regardless of the outcome in terms of what the Freeman era is going to look like. I mean, I'm with my coffee, right? You want to win this game. You always want to win these games. Um, 
And, um, you know, I think, I think probably, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, as fans, I think, you know, we have a motivation to sort of prove something to Brian Kelly, <laughs> um, that this is a good team, uh, and a good team, uh, without him and a good team, uh, that was playoff worthy. You know, I don't know. I think maybe there's some of the players have that sort of mindset. Um, you know, certainly the, the, uh, the chatter right after Freeman's hire was how important this game was and setting things out on the right note. But I think sort of Mark and Marcus Freeman as head football coach, you know, I'm willing to let that play out over the next uh, several years. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I think this is a, you know, there's, there, there aren't too many guys that sort of jump into something like this and sort of immediately have a level of comfort. I mean, I think it's, I think it's comical. And it's, it's, it's interesting it is so clear from some of these comments from some of these players and from Freeman himself, sort of how invested and immersed he was in being the defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. Right. And now, you know, everything is different. You know, he's riding a different bus. He's spending not nearly as much time with the linebackers. He's popping in on the wide receiver room. I mean, all this stuff is different. Um, And so I think when you go through a spring practice, when you go through a fall camp, um, that's when you'll, you know, this is, this is to me, this is kind of a sort of a, you know, a, a, a really strange set of circumstances and, and environment that doesn't, that it's pretty unique. Um, but, you know, I think, I think we'll, we'll know a lot more, uh, sort of, uh, you know, in August, uh, than we know, know now. And like Mike Coffey says, they'll, there's going to be changes to the staff. There's going to be more, uh, you know, player personnel changes. There's going to be transfers out. There's going to be maybe some uh, injuries. There's, you know, there's going to be all kinds of roster management type stuff that happens. Maybe some portal transfers in. Um, but, uh, but I think so. I think the focus is appropriate that that Pre- Freeman is putting on this game is like let's just do everything that we can to put ourselves in a position to win the game, and then deal with all the other stuff later. But I so yeah, I think, I think, kind of, I think right, you're right. This, this yeah. is kind of a you know this is kind of more of like an all hands on deck kind of uh, venture um it's uh it's it's not uh it's it, i don't think it's a real good sort of window into sort of what the freeman era is going to look like um but uh um but that said um you know i think i think we will learn we could learn a little bit about um game management right you know if it's close yeah. and you know, yeah. decisions that are made we could learn a little bit about um i think we'll i think it'll be actually more interesting uh, I think we'll learn more about Tommy Reese um, in this game Saturday, right? Because I mean, it is it is his show. <laughs> there is, He's clearly it, calling every single play. That's yeah. Sure. yeah, there is. I mean, that's for damn sure. Well, well, the mystery the, the the mystery definitely will be solved as to exactly how much leash uh, Tommy Reese had yeah. in his play calling, uh, and and that's always the case when you have a, a coordinator who's on the same side of the ball, so to speak, as the head coach. I mean, like, how much is the head coach? And I'm sure we'll be asking the same thing about uh, Marcus Freeman and whoever he chooses as defensive coordinator. But I, I agree with that. I think this this will be a good indication, if nothing else, the most obvious one of what Tommy Reese unleashed looks like. Assuming that, I mean, we're going to find out who's playing and who isn't. Um, obviously, COVID has reared its head again. It didn't affect us at all during the season, except for a couple of guys sitting out and stuff. But I mean, obviously, these bowl games, uh, there's some major impacts that are happening. So it's another reason why I don't think we can really put too much on this game. I mean, obviously, Kyron Williams sitting out is a different offensive game plan. As much as I love Diggs, and I think he's tough, 
and he's a great back, and I think he's going to be a good one. Kyron just has that unique ability to kind of make that first guy miss, and I mean miss. And he was just, you know, unbelievable at that. I, I think the yardage that he got this season has to be one of the highest after first contact um, in terms of, you know, production. But yeah. um, His production is, is, is incredible. But I think in a strange way, like in this game Saturday, I think we're probably going to uh, miss his captaincy uh, traits yeah. Yeah. as much yep. or more than his production. You know, yeah, I honestly, right. Yeah, right? Right. I mean, you know, he just brought something that was sort of this, uh, I will not be beaten. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, he, right. he brought a very personal sort of uh, competitive sort of, you know, I, I, you know, you cannot beat me uh, approach to this. And I agree with you. I think Diggs is a, is a fine back and, you know, he's, he's as a, for a freshman, his contributions have been terrific. And, uh, but, but I, I just, you know, it's kind of hard to sort of replace sort of that. And, you know, Michael Mayer um, is, you know, uh, is, is not that kind of guy yet. Um, you know, I don't know if he'll be a captain next year, um, but you know, who else on that offense? I mean, Jack Cohn is obviously very understated. I mean, you know, when you've got a little bit of that, uh, when you've got, you know, there, there's nobody, uh, a player, I'm, I'm trying to think of a player that combined sort of talent and production with swagger uh, as effectively as Kyron Williams. Um, it's been a while since we've had a, a guy like that. I mean, maybe there's somebody that I'm missing, but, um, you know, uh, he, uh, he, he was unique in that regard in terms of sort of being the best football player on the field and sort of being sort of a, a unique type of a leader. Um, because he was a, because he's a leader that um, shows incredible energy and excitement and and but without kind of being a showboat, if that makes any sense. Like I never, it's it's hard to it's hard to sort of describe. Like he he wasn't kind of like a a guy that you would be like, okay, just come on, pipe down. You know, like sometimes you have these, you know, like okay, he wasn't kind of like, you know, he wasn't you know making a first down sign, you know, and you know when we're up, you know, by three touchdowns in the fourth quarter or down by two touchdowns. You know, I mean, it, it was. He just had this sort of perfect sort of balance yeah. between, uh, um, you know, riling people up and. Yeah, you, I, I do think it's going to hurt. I think you're right about yeah. that. It probably will be more of the leadership. He's kind of the perfect happy warrior. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're, we're going to be on the short side of experience. Um, and so that is going to hurt a bit. I'm dying to ask you this, Coffee. Were you, now, I, I'm pretty sure this was confirmed by Reese, but uh, were you surprised at all that we entertained talking to Clovis? from USC? I am a little. I think uh, quarterback is obviously the most important role on on the offense, maybe even on the team. I mean, you want someone in there who is a leader, someone who is experienced, somebody who uh, has the attention of their the attention and respect of their teammates. I do not want to see Notre Dame get into the habit of constantly going into the transfer portal to pull quarterbacks out. Now, I understand why they did it this year when your most experienced player basically hasn't played in a year. And just like with, with all the potential issues there, I see why they went to get Jack Cohn for a one time finger in the dam kind of thing. OK, great. No problem. But making a habit of it is going to make it very, very difficult to recruit quarterbacks out of high school because it's like, why would you, t if, if Notre Dame's going to continue to just pull people out of the, 
out of the transfer portal. Why would you, as a freshman quarterback, want to go there when the risk is you can be supplanted with virtually no notice whatsoever, and now you're starting over somewhere else? So yeah. I'm, I, I, I suppose I'm not surprised they talked to him. I'm glad that it didn't go anywhere. I mean, it's not yeah. like this kid was a world beater that could come <laughs> in and just com- completely remake the the predictions for the season. I mean, he was, I suppose he's a good athlete. He didn't impress me at all in any of the Southern Cal games I watched this year, including the one against Notre Dame. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad it didn't work out. Yeah. I, I tend to agree with you. I was a little surprised to be honest with you. I mean, I kind of was scratching my head when I heard that, but Hey, I don't, you know, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Maybe they just felt like they needed to back up, you know, and more and more in line uh, than than what Pine offers, I guess. But even there, like you say, um, even the lower tier quarterbacks, why would you want to come if that's just what's going to end up happening to you? You know, you're going to be less likely to take a shot at Notre Dame. You're going to go somewhere where you're going to definitely play. Um, so that 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 is going to be interesting to see how this all shakes out, the whole transfer situation. Not not to say that I I would imagine we're looking at some wide receivers, but. I don't know. Um, I, I kind of feel like uh, I, I'd like to see Austin stay. I mean, I don't, uh, in my mind, I find it hard to believe that he's going to give it a shot now. I think he needs another year um, just in light of the, some of the games that he had. It, it just, to me, seems a little baffling that, I don't know, but these guys talk to the to people in the know, and so maybe somebody's showing some interest in him. I don't know. Is there... Um, in terms of Ed, I was just going to ask you really quick. In terms of um, anybody that you particularly think might stand out in this game that is going to get a chance that normally wouldn't, that might shine a bit. Any anybody on that side of the house that pops um, to mind? It's a good, it's a good question. I mean, I'm a little worried about kind of what I heard yesterday. Maybe Coffee knows it, something, or you know something about Cam Hart. Um, you know, he he was sort of a revelation this year and obviously grew and developed into a solid corner. Um, if he doesn't play Saturday, I think that's a, that's an issue. Um, I mean, I would be taking the under all day on this game. I, I think it's, it's going to be, I think points are going to be sort of tough to come by um, from, from what I can tell. But um, you know, I, I, I think that you're going to have this to me. It, it's real. It's 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 the best defense that has played by far, and it's to me it's going to be a very interesting to see if sort of the the quicker read, the quicker release, the quicker drop, all the things that have made Jack Cohn pretty effective over the course of the last you know month and a half or so, um, if they work against uh, this this talented, experienced um, front seven um, and and defense, uh, you know that's that's just uh, uh, you know, it was it worked against uh, North Carolina and it worked against Stanford and it worked against teams that, you know, uh, it, it, it was just fine. Um, but this is a little bit of a different little bit of a different challenge. And, you know, uh, we know that he has not been sacked that much in the last month and a half. We know that uh, he has not turned the ball over in the last month and a half um, or you know, much. We know we know all these things because we saw them with our own eyes. But uh, but it's hard not to forget what those first few weeks of the season looked like, um, you know, after a great start against Florida State. I mean, you know, we he was still on his back a lot in that game and a lot in the first month of the season. Um, you know, the offensive line was uh, um, was uh, to be charitable, a work in progress. 
Um, and now it's got to reinvent itself a little bit again, right? Because Lug is out and, and Fisher is going to play um, and start at right tackle. Um, I thought, I don't know if I read this uh, online or in the South Bend Tribune, but I thought it was a really good um, comment about Fisher. The concern being not necessarily that he can physically do the job, um, you know, but, um, but, you know, is he going to be assignment correct? Right. So, yeah, so, you know, he could, he could, he could block the guy in front of him, but is he going to be in the, is he going to be positioned correctly? Is he going to make the right reads? Is he going to do, take, you know, the uh, one, because they have a pretty intricate offense. You know, there's things you got to know when you're, um, and, and obviously the continuity is, is so important and they achieved that over the last month or two, they obviously played much, much better. So I think it's the right move um, to put your best, uh, to bet your put your best tackle out there and to keep all to where he's played and you know just have one basically you know uh, one substitute um, but uh, but I I think if, if Notre Dame has any success um, moving the ball on the ground uh, they will be in good shape um, yeah I agree with you yeah, I think that is the key to the game is but I think that's a big ball. if yeah I do too that's my fear is my fear is that we're, we're going to see like you say just a slow grind first half where we just don't do much and are just trying to keep it close defensively. Um, Cause I, I just do think that, man, there's just not too many moving parts in terms of maintaining that. But, but who knows? I mean, this is a cool thing about why they play these games and we don't know until we see it, but um, you just kind of think on the surface, what, with that being said, what's your prediction coffee? What do you, what do you think? I'm, I, I think in our contest, I went 29, 21 Irish. And I haven't been given a reason to change that, so that's what I'm going with. Nice. Yeah, I, 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 I'm doing the same thing. I got 25-21 Irish. Um, Ed, what are you thinking? Yeah. I, what is the what is the uh, over under? Do you guys know? Let me look. Um, I don't even know. The line I think I think Notre Dame is giving two. Two and a half, right? Yeah, something like that. No, I know, two, but I mean, what's the? I think 40. The, it was 49. Well, the over under. The over under is 45 and a half. Okay. That sounds about right. So I'm gonna. I think it's gonna be under. So I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say uh, Notre Dame's gonna win uh, twenty to eighteen. Nice. I'll take it. As long as it's a W, I get that monkey off their back with the New Year's Six win and all that kind of stuff. And then no one will. 10, 15 years from now, no one's gonna know all the different things that impacted this game. It's just whether or not we won. But I'll, uh, if we could get that on Saturday, I'll take it all day long. Um, so let's hope for that. All right, good deal. You've been listening to Dome and Domer, an online conversation about Notre Dame sports from a fan's perspective. For Ed Jordanik and Mike Coffey, I'm Mike Brammer. Thanks for listening.